Good morning. It is a good day to worship the Lord wherever you may be. If you're out on the lawn, if you're at home, or if you're dialed in someplace, uh, wherever you may be, this is the day of the Lord, and we shall rejoice in and be glad in it. Woo! It is the Sunday before Christmas, the fourth Sunday of Advent. As we push toward uh, the end of the year and on into the new year, we do so with hope and anticipation. We may not uh, see a lot of uh, movements going on within the country, uh, but uh, don't mistake that for God being passive and inactive. He is at work. He's at work in my life. He's at work in your life. He is at work in the life of the church. And together we are going to continue to press on for his glory and for his honor. Hopefully you were able to access the bulletin. Uh, we got some out on the lawn, people out on the lawn. Hi, people on the lawn. Um, and uh, uh, you can download it, let you know what's going on in the service today and also in the life of the church. Uh, just a couple of, quick, couple of quick announcements for you. Christmas Eve, that's Thursday, uh, there will be an, an outdoor children's service at 4 o'clock. It will not be televised. Or, or, or live streamed. That's just a whole host of, uh, of issues that we're not, uh, we're not equipped to deal with. But uh, if, if you want to come out for that, we would ask that you would register so that we kind of have an idea of how many people are, are going to come. And that's the, that's the children's service where they hear the story and they ring the, the bells uh, for the birth of the Christ child. And then at 530, uh, we are going to do a live stream uh, candlelight service, and if you'd like to come and sit on the lawn for that, uh, you know, just bring blankets and whatnot so you'll be warm. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna do the best that we can to uh, uh, create and recreate a candlelight service via live stream. So when I tell you at home to turn off your lights, <laughs> you'll have nothing but the soft glow of the screen. Uh, no, uh, we're, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're making this stuff up as we go along, folks. So your patience is much appreciated. So that's uh, Thursday night, four o'clock, four o'clock for the outdoor children's service, five thirty for the live stream. Uh, just take a few moments right now. Just thank the Lord wherever you are. Lift up, uh, lift up the worship team, uh, praise team in prayer, and wave to the people that are out on the lawn, and let us continue to worship the Lord this morning. favor rests. The angelic proclamation to the shepherds has resounded down through the centuries, and the promise of peace through and in Christ Jesus still resonates within our souls. The world may be at peace as the absence of violence or conflict, but the peace that arrives with the birth of our Savior is the first and foremost peace of God. Today, we relight the candles of hope, peace, and joy. We add the candle of love, celebrating that in a broken and sinful world, the light of Jesus Christ continues to shine, bringing God's love to the world. Without love, we are like noisy gongs or clanging cymbals. Knowing we are loved, knowing we have a future filled with hope and promise, not only strengthens our faith and increases our joy, but seals God's peace peace with our hearts and minds. Pray with me. 
Gracious Lord, you have brought us into an intimate relationship with yourself through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Through your Holy Spirit, you have shown us how to live and love well. As the craziness of our world spins around us, help us trust more and more in you and in your promises, for to know you is to know love. Thank you for your Son. May the love of Christ fill us and renew us day by day. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee
join us this morning for the prayer of confession. Almighty God, we head into this week with joy and sorrow. We long for your return as we celebrate your first advent, yet our world is ill. Our joy is dampened by the sorrow of COVID and the challenges we face. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief as we struggle to trust you when our senses fail. Forgive our sins and help us be hopeful as we push toward the end of the year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now receive the assurance of pardon that is ours. Within God's sovereignty, we face many challenges, but never without the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let us rejoice regardless of our external circumstances, for all our sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. they shall see God. This promise was set forth in the Psalms, a word in which we find encouragement. Listen and be hopeful. The Old Testament reading comes from Psalm chapter 24, verses 3 through 6. Hear the word of the Lord. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, who will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. May God bless the reading of his word. As we go to the Lord in prayer, I would invite you to uh, join us uh, in prayer. If you have requests, you can type them into the chat box, uh, and I uh, will include those uh, in our prayers this morning. Please join me in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, our external circumstances are overwhelming. It seems as if the leadership of our country doesn't know if they're coming or going. And we're all caught in the middle. Help us, Lord, look beyond our circumstances to the truth of your majesty, your sovereignty, and the knowledge that in your economy there are no accidents. 
that you are never surprised. But even now, you are at work unfolding your plans to further your kingdom in anticipation and in preparation for your return. Oh, Lord, how we long for that day. And yet, Lord, we know that that day will be a day of judgment. And most of us, Lord, have loved ones who have not yet placed their hope, their faith, their trust in you. So selfishly, Lord, we would ask for a little more time that we might continue to be your ambassadors your light in a dark world that others may hear and respond to the hope of the gospel and the knowledge, Lord, that peace with you is attainable because of Jesus Christ whose birth we celebrate and commemorate this week. On this last Sunday of Advent, Lord, we do ask that our lives, our deeds, our words would be marked by love that the world might know that you still inhabit the praises of your people and those who have ears to hear can still hear you speak. Lord, we would pray that our governments would have ears to hear, that they might hear you speak. Lord, we do pray for our president, for Congress, for judges. As they wrestle, Lord, and fight back and forth, we can't help but wonder, Lord, how much of what they are doing is really for the people that they are supposed to represent or manipulations to gain power. Lord, only you know their hearts. But we do pray, Lord, that they would come together for the nation. We recognize, Lord, that we are a country that is deeply divided. We are weary. There is too much fear. We need, Lord, a message of hope. And indeed, Lord, that is the message that you give to us. May the hope of this season carry us through these trials and tribulations and beyond. We pray, Lord, for healing for our country, and for our world. We're also mindful, Lord, as people prepare to celebrate and commemorate the birth of our Savior, that there are empty chairs at tables all across this land. Our men and women in uniform holding the watch need our prayers. 
especially those who are forward deployed and in harm's way. Evil does not rest to battle COVID. Protect them, Lord. Be especially with our own who are deployed, Miguel Acosta, David Arnott. Be with families, Lord, who await the return of their loved ones, counting the days. And again, remind us, Lord, that not all wounds are visible. Lord, we pray for our missionaries, wherever they be. And Lord, we are so grateful for the outpouring of love through this congregation and beyond toward our alternative Christmas market. Lord, the generosity of your people has been clearly seen. And Lord, as these funds make their way to our mission partners, let them know, Lord, that they are not forgotten that they are right where you would have them be. And we ask, Lord, that you would strengthen our partnership with them as together we advance your kingdom. It is your church, Lord, that carries this message of hope. And we would pray that you would strengthen your church wherever it gathers May we speak, Lord, with the united voice of the glory of God. As always, Lord, we pray for those who are not with us, asking that you would grant mercy upon all who are traveling, healing for those who are at home or in hospital. Lord, we pray for the nieces of Christina Clay today, uh, Jada and Malia who have recently tested positive and are so worried. Lord, touch their hearts. Let them know you are close. We pray, Lord, for, for, for Shady, a co-worker of, of, of Andy's, to comfort her after losing her brother this week. We're grateful, Lord, for the rolling out of the vaccine as an option for dealing with COVID. Thank you. We pray for comfort for Norman's cousin Lisa and for her family in the passing of her mother-in-law due to complications from COVID. Lord, we rejoice in the love she had for her family and the love that she has for you. Lord, we ask that you would be with Dee this week as she undergoes surgery for her foot. Just comfort her, Lord, bring healing, ease to the resulting pain. Lord, there's so many who are struggling right now who need a touch from you. Dare we ask, Lord, for a Christmas miracle that your hand 
of healing would be upon this land, upon the world, to replace fear with faith as we move through these challenges for your glory and honor. We're so grateful, Lord, for the opportunity to come before you to share our prayers. And we ask, Lord, that you would hear us now as we unite our voices together, praying the prayer that Jesus taught all disciples, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue to worship the Lord.
If ever there was a time for us to unite in prayer for our nation and for the world, this has got to be it. It's to the point where I don't even want to turn on the television anymore to watch any news. You know the one thing that our government is really, really good at these days? Blaming others. It's everybody else's fault. This whole thing. And as they work together to try to come up with an answer, to come up with a stimulus for the very end, and everybody's complaining that the other person is responsible for not happening, and now that the vaccine is rolling out, they're complaining about who's going to get it and who's not going to get it, and it just goes on and on and on. You remember back in March? I remember back in March. They said, we need to flatten the curve. So we're going to ask people to kind of stay in place for 14 days. And here we are. How many months later? And the cases are rising. And the fear narrative is still being sown deeply through the media, through our government. And things are starting to flatten the curve. And people are saying that, okay, now that the vaccine has come out, we are at the beginning of the end. And I pray with all my heart that that is true. But sometimes they say that it is darkest right before the dawn. And we need to be mindful of that so that we don't get caught up in, 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 in all of the stuff that's going on and, and, and take our eyes off of the focus of our true hope in all of this. And that would be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that the message of the world does not invade our faith and our space. But contrary to that, to ensure that our message of hope is broadcast out to the world. Now, if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them to the 16th chapter of the book of Romans. Yes, welcome. Welcome to the thrilling conclusion of our series in the book of Romans. The book of Romans is a fascinating book, and I, uh, and so many times this last year as I was working on, uh, on preparing sermons, I would ask myself, what was I thinking uh, when, when I decided to preach through the book of Romans? And, uh, uh, but I must say, and I hope that this is true for you as well, that this has been a, a perfect book for us to look at, to examine, uh, to, uh, uh, for me to preach through, to teach through, to help us get through probably one of the most challenging years in, in my life. Uh, I know that there's some of you out there that uh, 
uh, uh, have gone through more, have gone through challenging times. You know, be it uh, World War World War II, there's still even some people uh, that are with us that that remember what the Great Depression was like in the uh, in the 30s. Uh, but for me and in, in my in my life, uh, uh, I cannot think of a more harrowing year, uh, more exasperating, ex ex exhausting uh, year than what we have gone through. And Romans has been just the the uh, the ticket. Uh, to help me through, and I hope to help you through. An incredible book written by Paul to a church that he not, not, did not found, nor had he ever visited, a church that had some conflict within it, uh, dealing with uh, 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 Jewish background believers and uh, Gentile background believers coming together, trying to understand how law and grace work together. They don't compete. Uh, but uh, but there is this moral framework that God gives us. He gave it to the Jews 1,500 years before he gave it to the rest of us. And when we operate within that, we thrive uh, according to God's design for us. But we thrive within uh, an element of grace and mercy and forgiveness. And, 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 and we celebrate that, that this peace that we have with God and that there is nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God and the mystery of God still unfolding for us, whether it be with, uh, uh, with regard to uh, his, his final plans for the Jews or his final plan for us as, uh, as the fulfillment of his kingdom unfolds before us and we are a part of that. And so we concluded uh, when we were here last, uh, you know, if you if you're looking at the at the book of Romans, just kind of flip back a page at that uh, that last passage in uh, in the 15th chapter, uh, as as Paul urges his brothers and sisters by our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle uh, uh, by praying to God for me, and then he concludes that 15th chapter. And of course, Paul wasn't writing chapter endings. You know that, right? Yeah, I know you do. Uh, uh, but he concludes that with that line, the God of peace be with you all, amen. Close it over, we're all done. We've got this great teaching, we've got this great doctrine that has been given to us, chapters 1 through, uh, through 11, uh, chapters 12, 13, and 14, and parts of 15 that give us instruction on, uh, on, on how to live uh, with one another, how do, how do we practically put all this stuff together, especially Romans chapter 12, and I, I had these cards made up. Some of you may have, have grasped these <coughs> one of the times when we were partially open. Uh, daily reminders of who we are in Christ. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. If anybody ever asks you, what is this all about? What does it mean for me to be a Christian? How do I live? You just go to Romans, not, Romans 12, 9 through 21, and you unpack it for them right there. It's just bullet points. Bam, bam, bam. It's great stuff. I've got a couple of these cards left. If uh, I'll take some outside to the people on the lawn afterwards. And then, and then Paul, Paul gives us greetings. Uh, he, he greets all these people uh, in, uh, uh, in, in Rome. And how does he know these people? He's never been to Rome. But they were sp uh, scattered and, and dispersed. And Paul met them in his various journeys. And, and of course, they can 
testify to uh, Paul's character and his devotion to the Lord, and, 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 and we get all that, and, and, and there's just uh, some colorful characters in here and names that we can hardly uh, even uh, uh, begin to pronounce, uh, you know, uh, uh, Eponidas and uh, Andronicus and, of course, Priscilla and Aquila, and we've got uh, uh, Ampliatus and Urbanus and, uh, and Aristobulus, and, and you know, it just goes on and on, all these great names of people uh, that one day we'll get to, we'll get to meet. Uh, and then, and then he kind of concludes the, where we were in Romans last with this: "Greet one another with a holy kiss." All the churches of Christ send you greetings. I mean, we're wrapping up, and then we get to the final verses in the book of Romans, seventeen through twenty-seven. Hear the word of the Lord. I urge you, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive minds, the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my relatives, I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, send you his greetings. Erastus, who's the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus, send you greetings. Now, now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him, to the only wise God be glory forever, through Jesus Christ, amen. all the teachings that Paul has given to us. But don't you find it a little odd that Paul has basically concluded his letter at the end of chapter 15. In chapter 16, he launches into all these greetings of all the people that he knew. All the teaching is done. This is how it was done back then when you wrote your letter. You saved the, the greetings and the, and, the, and, the, uh, uh, and, the, and the final words you know, for, for, for the end. But after Paul goes through and greets all the people that, that he knows in Rome and that he's longing to see, he gives us this one little last warning. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way 
that are contrary to the teachings you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but but their own appetites. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. It's, 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 it's not easy for us to understand why something like that doesn't find itself in the major body of the letter. And there are a couple of things that people have, uh, 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 that, that, that people have opined uh, over the years as to why this warning should, should come at the very end of his letter. It could be that uh, as, as Paul was writing the letter, uh, something came up uh, that, that he heard about after the, letter, after the letter was written. And I am so grateful for cut and paste. You know, when I, when I was in school, when I was working, uh, when I was working on my, uh, my doctoral thesis, when I, was, uh, when I was writing all those papers, uh, when I... <laughs> When I first started in college, I, oh my, oh my, I had a typewriter, and, and, and we're, we're, my papers were, you know what, when, when, when my senior year uh, in college and I met Jody uh, was just an amazing blessing for me because she took over typing my papers. I can't tell you how many times I would, I would be typing and be carried away and realize I had a footnote that I couldn't put on the bottom of that page, and I'd have to rip up the whole page and start over. And, you know, and I know, you, you know, you know, people like Pastor John, he has no idea what that's, what that's, what that's like. And you young people today, you have, you have no idea how easy you have it uh, with the advent of computer. And, and I'm grateful for it because I certainly benefited uh, in, in, my, uh, in my master's and in my doctoral program to be able to cut and paste and to move stuff around. And, oh, this is a great idea. I want to put this in. Oh, I, and, and this book came out and I read this idea. I get to put it in there. And you shuffle everything around so that it all comes out orderly. You know what? I'm sure that if Paul would have had a typewriter, uh, he, he would have said, oh, boy, what a piece of luxury that you had. I had it tough. If, if, you've, if you've never, uh, you know, we can go back and forth on how bad it was and so on and so forth. And uh, just on the side, a, a fun little thing, if you, uh, uh, if you go to uh, Google, not now, but after we're done, go to Google and type in the four Yorkshiremen. It's a Monty Python skit about four guys sitting around celebrating uh, life, and, and then they start talking about how bad it was when they were, when they were young. It just, it's hysterical. Uh, but uh, so I feel a little bit like that now. Paul didn't have any of this. And scrolls back then were expensive. And there's no way that he's going to tell Tertius, who, who's, who's writing this, and we could go off on a number of reasons as to why he's writing it, and, and Paul's not, but, uh, but we won't. Uh, uh, he, he can't say, Tertius, can, you, can, you, can, can we start this over again? Can we, can we get a new scroll? Because there's this idea that I want to put in here. Uh, for whatever reason, I actually think that, uh, that one of the reasons, very, very small reason, uh, that this has been put in at this time is for us. Here we are at the end of the year. 
here we are at the end of Romans, celebrating all that God has done in, 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 in the life of the church and in, in our life. And, and when we look beyond uh, the, the church, we see the world in an absolute mess. And, and so when we, read these, when we read these words, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those that cause division and put obstacles in your way. Oh, my goodness. The first thing that comes to my mind is Congress, who are doing nothing but causing division and putting obstacles in front of each other. And it is so easy for me to sit back in my pious little corner and say, why can't you guys get your lives together? Because, of course, we have our lives together, right? We don't have any problems. And, 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 and certainly, we could, we could bring it a little bit closer to home and, and, and talk about, and, 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 and we, don't, we don't know uh, who these false teachers are who have invaded uh, the, the church at Rome at this time. It, it's, it's certainly not the conflict between the Jewish background believers and the Gentile background believers. It can't be that because, because Paul has not called them false teachers. He's, called, he's, he's differentiated them between weaker and more mature Christians. So we don't, we don't really know what it is. Uh, it, it, certainly there were people that were, that were out there militantly trying to put forth uh, a, a, a bits of theology that were contrary to the gospel. And, and we, how do we know? How do we know if a teaching is contrary to the gospel? Because we know the gospel. You spend time in God's word. You read the four accounts. You read God's word. You allow it to invade your being and transform you into the image of Jesus Christ. I, I, I love that uh, uh, the, the government, when they're teaching people how to identify uh, uh, fake uh, currencies, they put them in a room with real money for, for weeks. They, they count it. They look at it. They, they touch it. They smell it. They, and then, and then after they've done that for a while, they insert, they start inserting uh, uh, fake bills, and and uh, and they're, they they spot it immediately because they know the wheel. Uh, there was a wonderful story about uh, uh, about a man who worked with jade, and uh, he had a young apprentice, and the first day he put a, a piece of jade in the hand of the young apprentice, and he held it in his hand. And, the, and, and that was it for the day, and he watched the master work. At the end of the day, he gave the piece of jade back. The next day, the same thing. The next day, the same thing. The next day, the same thing. A couple weeks into this, the apprentice was saying, when am I going to get to work with jade? When am I going to get to work with and, and the master would say, be patient, be patient, be patient, and continued every day would put a piece of jade in his hand. And one day, he put a piece of quartz in his hand. Soon as the, as soon as the apprentice closed his hand around the quartz, he said, that's not jade. Now let's get to business. Now that you know the difference between the real and the fake, now we can work. And that's what we need to do. We need to continue to do that because certainly uh, there are people out there that, that want to delude uh, the, the, the naive and the innocent. That's what, that was, that's what Paul talks about here. And, and there are three things, I think, that there are three things uh, that we need to see. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. 
there are three things that uh, like kind of characteristics that define uh, these false teachers. Uh, number one, they are self-serving. Number two, they are divisive. And number three, they're arrogant. They're self-serving, they're divisive, and they are eloquent. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of the naive. Now, everyone has heard about your obedience. So we need to be, um, we need to be on our guard against those who are self-serving, those who are divisive, and those who are smooth talkers. And if we can do that, then all right, we're 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 we're, we're beyond dealing with, with 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 Congress and the government. And now we start talking about people who are invading the church. And indeed, that is happening. As uh, as I read in one book, it used to be that the wor- that the that the church had a message for the world, and and that we took our message out to the world. It seems now like there's a reverse evangelism happening and the world's message is being inundated upon the church. And we need to be very, very careful not to allow the world's message, the cultural narrative, to impact our understanding of the gospel. We need to do all that. But I think that there's something even closer to home right now that we need to talk about. And, 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 it, and it's not, uh, uh, I, I don't think that it's malicious I think that we need to be weary of, of, of how we interact with one another as the body of Christ. Because you see what's happening is that we're watching the craziness of the government and the government overreach and the, and the inconsistent messaging and the infighting going back and forth. And it is impacting the church. And we find ourselves coming to the problem with different insights, understandings, and agendas. There are people that want this church open right now. Doors open, pews filled, choir in the, in the choir loft, singing hallelujahs, the hallelujah chorus, and oh my gosh, do I miss that. I miss looking out on a congregation. I miss you. I miss seeing you live. I miss hearing the choir. I miss coffee connection between the services, watching the kids run around. I long for that to return. And I, and I, think, it's, I think it's past due. But then there are also people who are saying, I can't even believe that people are talking about that. Yes, the vaccine is being rolled out, but we need to see the, uh, the, 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 the results of the vaccine. Are you not paying attention to the numbers, Pastor? Can't you see that the COVID cases in America are going off the charts? Have you seen the statistics for, 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 for San Diego County and the, and, the, and the status of the emergency rooms and the, and the ICU beds and the number of community outbreaks? It, it's, it's off the charts. Darkest before the dawn. And so, and so we're seeing, we're seeing these, these, these competing voices. And there's a whole spectrum along the way, folks. 
uh, there's a whole spectrum along the way. And, and, And I think what we're seeing is some division even within the body of Christ. Oh, how Satan rejoices when he can get us fighting against one another instead of coming together and, 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 and being deferential to one another, respectful of one another. In fact, I, 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 came, I, I, looked, up a, I looked up a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of verses uh, talking about who we are to be. Let us, in, in Romans 14, let us make every effort, every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Building each other up. That's in Romans. If you go to Ephesians, uh, uh, it, it, was, it was God who gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of Christ. For in him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each does his or her part. Or in, uh, in, first, uh, in first Thessalonians, therefore, in the fifth chapter, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you have been doing all along. And then in Hebrews, uh, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a, a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. We are called to build one another up. Yes, yes, we have differences of opinion with regard to what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. But as we've studied in the book of Romans, we also need to be respectful of the authorities that are over us. I think in many cases the authorities are wrong, but they are still the authorities. And I said, they may not have the legal right to shut us down, but they have the power to shut us down. And oh, by the way, if we go against a government edict and something should happen here on our campus, our insurance is null and void, which puts every leader in this church, uh, gives it, puts them in positions of liability. I, I don't want that resting on my shoulders. We just need to be patient and push on. I know the day is going to come when we're going to be able to look back on this and say, I am so glad that's over, but it's not yet. It's not yet. And so when we find ourselves, when we find that, when we find that ourselves building that anxiety within our hearts, I think we need to take a step back and ask the question, as I express my concern or my opinion over what's going on, am I being divisive? Or am I building up the body of Christ? What is is really behind what I'm doing? Is it self-serving? Or am I trying to build up the body of Christ? If 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 I'm quick with a word and smooth in an argument, who am I trying to convince and why? These are the questions that we must ask ourselves. We cannot allow the mayhem that is is going on in the culture and in the the country and in the world to infiltrate our community. We, We need to build each other up. As I started to say, was ever a time 
for us to unite in prayer. This is it. Because the, as, the, as it gets, uh, you know, we're at the beginning of the end, but it's darkest before the dawn, and, and uh, we're all frayed, and, and we're tired, and we want to get on with life, and we want to put this behind us, that our, temp- our temperatures, our, if our temperatures are up, we need to get out. Uh, our, our, our tempers are getting shorter. Our nerves are getting frayed. What is it that one shared? I have one nerve left, and you're getting on. Uh, we, we need to be so careful with one another right now because we are fragile. And to use our words to fill that void and not to create unwitting. Uh, and it's unwitting. I don't think it's malicious in any way, shape, or form. I think we're just tired. But let us not grow weary of doing good, but continue to build up. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord be with you. And I think that that speaks to sovereignty. What is, whoa, the God of, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. What does that mean, Pastor? You know what it means to me? It means God is sovereign and that he's in control. And he's going to do what he's going to do in his timing, not mine. And ultimately it will happen. Ultimately we will be victorious. We need to believe that. We need to hold on to that promise more than anything. And the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. If we're going to reach for something, reach for grace. If we're going to reach for something, reach for grace. So that we might build one another up instead of tearing one another down. These are disputable matters. We talked about that a few chapters ago. Let us not be torn asunder on disputable matters. We'll get through this and we'll get through it together. And then he greets uh, uh, the people that are with him. He greets them. And we don't know a lot about these people. And uh, uh, we know that uh, Tertius wrote the letter. Again, we could talk about why. Uh, But uh, uh, I I, want to get to the benefit of this. Because this is, this is such a beautiful, beautiful way to end this letter. And now, to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him, to the only wise God be glory forever, through Jesus Christ, amen. You know, go back and read the first paragraph of chapter one and compare it with this final benediction. It's, it's like the two sides of the cookie pushing all the good stuff into the middle. It's so, it's so beautiful uh, the way that Paul uh, ties that all together. But I want to talk a little bit about this. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. What's the difference, folks? What's the difference between my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ? You know, we talked about this earlier on when I said uh, 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 we have, there's only one gospel. But in the Bible, we have four accounts of that one gospel. We have the gospel according to Matthew, according to Mark, according to Luke, according to John. Paul talks about his gospel. I suggested that each one of us have a gospel. At, at its very core, I believe that our gospel is what Jesus Christ has done in our own lives. The forgiveness of sins, the healing of our souls, 
and the reconciliation that we have with God. That's my thought. And I think that's what Paul, what Paul's talking about, that, that he can establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus. What is the proclamation of Jesus and how does it differ from my gospel? My gospel is what Jesus Christ has and is doing in my life. The proclamation of Jesus Christ is what Jesus Christ can do in your life. I love that. I love that. Uh, to what end? To what end? A fulfillment of a, of a prophecy that was made in Genesis. So that all nations might believe and obey him. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. What a great love. And I feel so privileged to have been able to walk through this letter with you through these past months. And as we look to the future, we do so with a measure of hope because the grace of God is upon us. Let us encourage and lift one another up as we seek to live into his principles. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your faithfulness in our lives. We're grateful for the opportunity to worship together, live stream or long streaming. There we go. Uh, we give you the glory and the honor for it. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Carry us through the challenges that we face. And we will give you the glory and honor for it all. That the world might hear and know that you still reign in all the universe. We pray it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Sing one last song together.
come and let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And let us not lose focus of our hope in the midst of the challenges, but to remember the, the spirit of Advent and the promise of his return as we prepare to celebrate and commemorate his first appearance. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully human, come to show us the face of God and teach us how to live with each other with grace and mercy and compassion, who died on the cross for our sins, who was raised from the dead with the same power that is at work within us, transforming us into his image, who ascended into the heavens where he reigns sovereign over all the universe until that day, that fateful day, when he shall return to establish his kingdom forever and ever. Our hope, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Seize it, hold on to it, believe it, and let nothing deter you from the hope that God has given to us. And this will be a glorious Advent season, a glorious Christmas, and give us the hope that we need and the courage that we need to face the future regardless of what happens. To God, the only wise God, be glory now and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. We worship God and we go forth with our tradition of blessing each other with the blessing of Abraham. Please join me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.